Hello America and the world all over this great big globe. Today, LearnOutLoud.com brings you a brief introduction to the presidents of the United States of America and where you can learn all about them through the magic of listening and audio learning brought together through the power of the internet. Let's listen in as David and Seth discuss the presidents. Seth, you just made a page called uh, LearnOutLoud.com slash presidents. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? I did that. You can, as uh, David said, you can reach it at www.learnoutloud.com slash presidents. Presidents. Uh, you uh, will find a page that has a short biography or, or a topic page called The President's Biography Audiobook Guide. Yeah, and, you found uh, just about every one, you know, there's, right. and multiple ones from the major ones. Yes. Uh, not, but I did not find one for every president, unfortunately. No, and there's not one for everyone. There's not uh, one for Chester Arthur. And there's not one for uh, a new president I discovered today called... William Henry Harrison? W- no, no, I, I knew him. He died in 30 days, but... Or, or was the one that I couldn't... Uh, Chester Arthur. Yeah, Chester Allen Arthur. Who's that guy? Anyway, founding fathers. I just want to start off with the one and only G.W. George Washington. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, George w. Washington uh, is sort of a myth, not really known uh, for being a man, uh, and that's fine. But I'm going to get into the most notable biography, and this one is called His Excellency. Okay. It's by James, or I'm sorry, Joseph J. Ellis. Joseph J. Ellis. And uh, it's by Recorded Books. It's put out. Okay. And it has everything. Uh, the whole, the whole I sh- shall not tell a lie thing. The cherry tree. The, uh-huh. the baby axe. But it's the truth on these matters. It's not just... It's the truth. It's based on papers that have recently been discovered on uh-huh. George Washington's, uh, written in his own, in his own pen, his okay. own words. And uh, it's, it's definitely fully loaded uh, as far as George Washington goes. And uh, this one, this clip kind of describes uh, briefly how this biography is not your dad's George Washington biography, even though it, well, it really is. In Washington's case, the Ark moves from Parson Weems's fabrications about a saintly lad who could not tell a lie to dismissive verdicts about the deadest, whitest male in American history. This hero-villain image is, in fact, the same portrait, which has a front and back... David, um, we're going to... I just want to make mention that we're not going to go chronologically here with the presidents. We're just going to skip and jump and have some fun with all the great presidents that we've had in our great nation. So let's talk Grover Cleveland. Audio Renaissance puts out a series called the American Presidents Series. It covers 13 presidents. Uh, written by many historical biographers, the series editors Arthur M. Schlesinger, the preeminent political historian of our time, including in the stories uh, in the series are many forgotten presidents, like the indistinguished uh, Rutherford B. Hayes, the illegally appointed John Quincy Adams, and the often assassinated William McKinley. Uh, each audiobook in the series is about four to six hours long, and uh, here's a little bit about the series from none other than Mr. Arthur M. Schlesinger himself. And we have them all on LearnOutLoud.com. Yes, just so you know. It is the aim of the American President series to present the grand panorama of our chief executives in volumes compact enough for the busy reader, mm-hmm. lucid enough for the student, authoritative enough for the scholar. Mm-hmm. Each volume offers a distillation of character and career. I hope that these lives will give readers some understanding of the pitfalls and potentialities of the presidency. Me too. And also, 
of the responsibilities of citizenship. Yes. yes. Truman's famous sign, The Buck Stops Here, yes. tells only half the story. Mm -hmm. Citizens cannot escape the ultimate responsibility. It is in the voting booth, not uh, on the presidential right. desk, that the buck finally stops. Maybe. Arthur M. Schlesinger, Jr. So that's a little bit, about the, a little bit about the American President series, and uh, one of the major biographies in the in the American President series is on Grover Cleveland. For those of you who don't know, he was the twenty second president of the United States. He was also the twenty fourth president of the United States. Well, how's that? Well, he's the only president to serve two non consecutive terms. Uh, his campaign was one of the most vicious, as Republicans claimed that Cleveland had fathered an illegitimate legitimate child when he was governor of New York, and then he entered the White House a bachelor. And he was the first and only president to be married in the White House to a 21-year-old girl named Frances Folsom, who's the youngest first lady in the history of the U.S. Cleveland was the girl's guardian since she was 11 years old, and little Frances grew up calling Cleveland Uncle Steve. Weird. Yeah, he's got a, he's got he's got an interesting background. So here is Grover Cleveland in The Man with the Heart of Gold. Sight in Americans, their own lust for colonial possessions. Van Buren's time at the helm was brief and undistinguished, but along with Jackson, he had helped usher in the era of the common man. So it was that the rising power of the people, as the rightful stewards of their own affairs, and the countervailing power of the state fostering overseas imperialism, were contradictory forces at work in Cleveland's lifetime that would notably shape his public career and reputation. So there you go, Grover Cleveland. Uh, Grover Cleveland, another <laughs> excellent kind of weak, biography from the a American great biography <laughs> from the American President series. Um, and that is Tom Jefferson. He's the opposite? N sort of. Okay. He's a little bit more interesting. Uh, there's a six-part series put out... Um, Six by uh, by Dumas. Uh, du I can't remember his name. Six part series. We have them all at Learn Out Loud. It's more Thomas Jefferson than you'll ever need. It's a six part series. I've got it. I've got it in my essay. Jefferson. Oh, it's called Thomas Thomas Jefferson in his time. It's put out by Dumas, Dumas Malone. Malone. And uh, he spent uh, from 1945 to 1975 writing this series. So it's 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 many years in the making. Must Comprehensive. Have really like Tom Jefferson. It's got everything you need. Uh, everything from. From being uh, John Adams' worst enemy, and they were, and I have a book on that, an audio book on the President's page called uh, Tom, uh, Jefferson versus Adams, which is a great book about the 1800 elections. Okay. Uh, which was just where they became, they were best friends once, John wow. Adams and Tom Jefferson, then became enemies, arch wow. blood rivals. It's wow. amazing. And as you know, Tom Jefferson had a slave child, uh, but that's just something that you're going to have to hear in the, uh, I didn't have an audiobook sample of the six part series. So I'm going to give you one from uh, Jefferson's Secrets. This a subtitle, Death and Desire at Monticello. <laughs> okay. It's by Andrew Burstein, and uh, this, we'll get to the juicy stuff here. It's probably one of the trashiest books Tanner has ever put out. has recently suggested that key facets of his life remain poorly understood. Ooh, the, the... His revolutionary romance with a written word is only one part of what binds us to him. For reasons having to do with the risks he took, both as a private man and as a public figure, Not. everyone, it seems, wants to discover Jefferson's secrets. Ooh. We start at death. Okay, well, I just want to move backwards. You know, okay, so that, that'll, that'll, that'll wet your that'll uh, wet your tongue. Down and dirty secrets of the of Tom Jefferson. Speaking of down and dirty secrets, let's talk about doo -doo -doo, Ronald Reagan. When character's king, this is Peggy Noonan looking at Reagan towards the end of his life. He died last year. God rest his soul. 
Old man now and he lives in a house on St. Cloud Road in Leafy Bel Air in Los Angeles in his beloved California. There are people who feed him and see to his safety and make sure he isn't awake and about without their knowledge. There's a mat on the floor next to his bed that is rigged to let them know if he gets up. He doesn't speak much anymore, can't converse, isn't really there. And still, with all that, he's so hardwired for courtesy, for a regard for others, that when he accidentally bumps the arm of the woman who's feeding him, who will say, with perfect enunciation, Oh, I beg your pardon. That's wow. that's a class act, even in his final days. All right. Here, Bill Clinton, uh, here Bill Clinton will use, in his own words, talks about his little-known virgin birth. Early on the morning of August 19, 1946, I was born under a clear sky after a violent summer storm to a widowed mother in the Julia Chester Hospital in Hope, a town of about 6,000 in southwest Arkansas, 33 miles east of the Texas border at Texarkana. My mother named me William Jefferson Blythe III, after my father, William Jefferson Blythe, Jr., one of nine children of a poor farmer in Sherman, Texas, who died when my father was 17. According to his sisters, my father always tried to take care of them and grew up to be a handsome, hard-working, fun-loving man. Oh, yeah. And that is the tale of Bill Clinton's mysterious birth. Uh, I had no idea. It was so interesting. Well, well uh, do you want to go? Do you want to go yeah, next? Let's, let's go on. Uh, you know what's great about living in the second half of the 20th century is we don't have to listen to these uh, "quote unquote" historical biographers ratting on about these uh, these presidents. We can listen to the actual presidents themselves. Yes, and uh, including a, a president that's still alive and he's one of my favorites, the 39th president of the United States, Jimmy Carter. Uh, from 1977 to 1981, he served us. He has gained more respect since then uh, for his international uh, role as a mediator and peacemaker. He was always a big supporter of human rights, and in 2002, he got the Nobel Peace Prize. And uh, if you if you know, Jimmy Carter is also a very prolific author. Uh, here's a clip from his Virtues of Aging, which he wrote back in 1998. Chapter 1, Kicked Out, Broke, But Fighting Back. This is Carter speaking himself. To quote my mountain friend, Jimmy Townsend, experience is what you've got plenty of when you're no longer able to hold a job. I was just 56 years old when I was involuntarily retired from my position in the White House. What made losing the job even worse was that it was a highly publicized event with maybe half the people in the world knowing about my embarrassing defeat. But he goes on to be a great man. This is actually an audio lecture series from Portable Professor yes. uh, called Toledo Nation. It talks about all the presidents, and here he discusses uh, JFK. Well, who is it? Uh, it's it's from uh, the lecturer uh, Robert Dalek. Robert yeah. Dalek, really yep. good um, political writer. Yep, this is through Barnes & Noble. Portable Professor. Portable Professor series. Kennedy was a man with an extraordinary hold on the public's imagination. Indeed, in recent times, 40 years after his passing from the scene, after his death. When the public is asked, who were the greatest presidents in American history? They consistently include John F. Kennedy among the three or four or five top presidents. It is an astonishing response, considering the fact that he served in the White House for only a thousand days. His was one of the shortest mm. presidencies in American history. I'm, I'm glad. So I how do you explain the fact is, is that a man who served for only a thousand days comes across to Americans in the 40 years since he 
died as one of the truly great presidents of American history. Well, you'll get more into that in the Toledo Nation. Figure that out. I mean, I think that guy's got a lot of interesting insights into the presidency throughout our American and, and, history. And, and to be fair, there's a lot of JFK uh, audiobooks that I found. I've got most of them listed. Some of them get a little bit more, uh, I, I don't know, JFK is sort of marginalizing some of the trash that's out there on him. A lot of it is just about his personal life and all that Marilyn Monroe crap. But yeah. but, but I tried to pick the ones that are really about the presidency, and that's it, you know. So uh, This is... Um, Gone uh, down, but 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 not uh, not out. Nixon: The Triumph of a Politician from 1962 to 1972 by author Monica Crowley chronicles the happy days of Richard Nixon, who was a man who just wouldn't give up. Let's not forget he walked down the Great Wall of China and brought us together, sort of, for a time. It was when Mao was president. In November 1962, at his self-proclaimed last press conference following his loss in the California gubernatorial contest, Richard Nixon announced that he was walking out of history. You won't have Nixon to kick around anymore, he told the press. Just think about how much you're going to be missing. The reporters, in response, wrote his political obituary. In December 1962, Nixon flew to New York. While there, he saw his old friend Bill Rogers, former Attorney General in the Eisenhower administration. So that was 1962. He came back in a major way. And then went became, down even further. Later. Well, he did become one of the greatest presidents uh, that the United States has ever seen. Secretly and it shows Cameron. that with enough persistence, you too, Seth, can be a good, great president. Yeah, and so I downloaded this speech uh, from Audible.com. We will leave you with the speech Bush gave that really sums it up from his second inauguration. Okay, uh, and uh, a I happy just, Independence Day to you all. If this is going to be the end of it. We should just wait one thing. Uh, uh, we are trying to get on iTunes, and if you uh, uh, keep on looking, hopefully you will find us on iTunes soon. And uh, uh, vote for you, us at Podcast Alley. So we like get up us, there or something if, like that. If you like us, please vote for us. Yeah, and um, uh, also if you want to check out more about the presidents, learnoutloud.com/slash presidents and let's just let w take it from there good night everybody and happy fourth of july god bless america we go forward with complete confidence in the eventual triumph of freedom not because history runs on the wheels of inevitability it is human choices that move events not because we consider ourselves a chosen nation. God moves and chooses as he wills. We have confidence because freedom is the permanent hope of mankind. The hunger in dark places. The longing of the soul. When our founders declared a new order of the ages. When soldiers died in wave upon wave for a union based on liberty. When citizens marched in peaceful outrage under the banner of freedom now, they were acting on an ancient hope that is meant to be fulfilled. History has an ebb and flow of justice, but history also has a visible direction set by liberty and the author of liberty. Declaration of Independence was first read in public and the Liberty Bell was sounded in celebration, a witness said it rang as if it meant something. In our time, it means something still. 
America in this young century proclaims liberty throughout all the world and to all the inhabitants thereof. Renewed in our strength, tested but not weary, we are ready for the greatest achievements in the history of freedom. Ah, God bless America. LearnOutLoud.com. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.